and we're on. Um, good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world. This is our last um, uh, brief <clears throat> introduction to the uh, four schools of bhakti, uh, four Vaishnava Sampradayas. And this morning, uh, or afternoon or evening, today, uh, we'll discuss the Brahma Sampradaya, our Sampradaya. But I want to invoke the grace of our teachers first. Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Gyanam Janashalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jaina Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Mukhan Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langhaya Tegirim Jatkripatamahan Bande Shri Gurun Dina Taranam Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamahyam Dadati Svapadantikam Pancha kalpa taruryasya kapa sandhobya evacha patitanam pavan vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. Uh, is my sound okay? That's something I never know. I guess someone will signal it. It's not. Okay, so the, uh, today. Um, Today we'll take a brief look, and it really is only a cursory look at the uh, Brahma Sampradaya. And uh, mostly we'll be looking at it as the Brahma Madhva Sampradaya. Uh, this morning it occurred to me that um, perhaps I have a whole other series to do, another month long series. And, um, and that would be just our Sampradaya, because um, just as we've seen with the other Sampradayas, there have been enough complexities that they've kind of changed shape a little bit uh, over time, um, a couple of them. Um, well, for example, the Kumara Sampradaya, the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya, is now really uh, manifest in the world as the Pushtimark, the followers of Vallabhacharya. We don't see anybody um, kind of following sort of uh, OG uh, Vishnu Swami kind of, uh, 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 of teachings or, or practice, but it really, uh, that Sampradaya really is manifest these days um, as uh, the Vallabha Sampradaya or the Pushtimark. Um, and then we looked last week um, at the Sri Sampradaya and, and there have been there have been there have been some changes there and there well I think the other one as well that um, maybe even since what we consider the foundational acharyas that um, you know there have been some um, transformations so we see we'll see the same thing when we look at the Brahma Sampradaya today So again, my little um, table uh, with the different Sampradayas. So the Brahma Sampradaya is also known as the Madhva Sampradaya. And um, more broadly nowadays, 
because the mudfa sampradaya is a little uh, uh, restricted in some ways. We see it a lot around Urupi, where um, uh, where Madhvacharya um, appeared and where he established his uh, main mats. Um, and, and it's and there there are other mats as as we'll uh, discuss briefly in a few minutes around India. But the best known manifestation of this sampradaya nowadays is the Gaudiya. Sampradayas. So sometimes we call ourselves the Brahma Madhva uh, Gaudiya Sampradaya. Um, and the foundational Acharya was Madhvacharya. Um, of course, the founder of the Sampradaya, the root of the Sampradaya is Lord Brahma, the original personality um, in this universe. <clears throat> and he was initiated um, I think we'll take a look at that in a couple of minutes as well. He, uh, he was initiated into the 18-syllable Gopal Mantra, Krishna Mantra, um, by Lord Krishna himself. And as far as the tattva, oh, the, uh, the, um, uh, the commentary on Vedanta Sutra, we actually have two. We had mud, have Madhvacharyas, the Purna Pragya Bhasha, and then we have um, Baladev Vidyabhushana's uh, Govinda Pasha, um, which is um, our main access to um, our understanding, our Sampradaya's understanding uh, of the Vedanta Sutra. And then the tattva being taught in the Sampradaya is Shuddha Dvaitavad. It's purified dualism. So we've seen that the, the kind of root of the other tattvas, Dvaita, uh, Dvaita Dvaita, Shuddha Dvaita, and Vishishta Dvaita, um, the root is um, Advaita. They're all, they all emphasize, or, or they all kind of spring from that base understanding, that Advaya Gyan Tattva that we see um, at the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, <clears throat> with some nuances. Um, so the, the, the Dvaita, Dvaitavad was a sort of dualistic monism, the Shuddha Dvaita, uh, Shuddha, Shuddha, this is also Shuddha Dvaita with the, um, oh, this is actually Shuddha Dvaita. So it doesn't have the long, A. pardon me for a minute. I, the one thing I forgot was to fill my water bottle. I hope I remembered all the other technical things here. <clears throat> but the it seems like the water bottle is going to be an important part of our presentation today. So instead of Shuddha Dvaita, this is Shuddha Dvaita. Um, so this is a purified dualism that, uh, as Madhvacharya calls it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But more recently, and much more prominently um, nowadays, um, especially over the last 150 years or so, and especially over the last 100 years, since the um, followers of Bhaktivinoda, followers especially of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, 
have taken um, this sampradaya all over the world. Um, the tattva that we um, present is achintya bheda bheda tattva, or achintya bheda bheda vad, which is inconceivable simultaneous oneness and difference. So there's a little, there's a very subtle distinction from um, the other um, uh, tattvas. And uh, so it's oneness, you know, the advaya and uh, the, the, the advaita and dvaita at the same. Um, and uh, we'll take a look at that in, in a few minutes from when we discuss this in, uh, at a little more length. And again, oh dear, um, we have this quotation from the Garga Sanghita establishing the authenticity of these four um, sampradayas, particularly um, for the Kali Yuga. Um, and so the Garga Sanghita says that they're authorized and empowered spiritual channels of disciplic succession um, that should be fully accepted uh, by everyone. And um, then again, also emphasizing that um, any word, combination of words, formulation of sound frequencies, etc., uh, needs to come through one of these channels. Otherwise, it's not going to have any real efficacy in terms of um, in terms of facilitating um, genuine spiritual progress. That it's through these four channels that the Supreme Personality of Godhead uh, has made himself accessible um, in this world, in the Kali Yuga. And, um, and that's pretty, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's what it's, that's what we have. And then again, um, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, as we hear from Bhaktivinoda Thakur in the Nabhadweep Dhamma Mahatmya, Mahaprabhu is speaking to Nimbarka Acharya, and he says that he's going to draw from each of the sampradayas two essential principles. And so from the Madhva sampradaya, he says, Madhva hoite saradvaya koribhagrahan ekahoye kevla dvaita nirashan krishna murti nitya jani tahara sevan seta dvitiya sarajan mahajan. So he says from the Madhva sampradaya, the two essential principles that he accepts are the refutation of the Kevala Dvaita, the exclusive monism um, taught by the followers of Shankaracharya, and service to Sri Krishna's deity form, accepting this form as eternal. And we'll see how that manifests particularly um, uh, uh, through Madhvacharya in, in just a little bit. And then I have uh, again, um, collected a few quotations from Srila Prabhupada about this particular sampradaya that I think are uh, kind of pointless to the essence. So, as, as I mentioned before, um, Srila Prabhupada writes in a purport in the um, ninth chapter uh, of the uh, uh, second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. He says, thus Brahma was initiated by the Krishna mantra by the Lord himself, and thus he became a Vaishnava or a devotee of the Lord. 
before he was able to construct a huge universe. It is stated in the Brahma Sanghita that the Lord Brahma was initiated into the 18 letter Krishna mantra, which is generally accepted by all the devotees of Lord Krishna. So there are two forms of the Krishna mantra, the Gopal mantra. Uh, there's a 10 uh, syllable form, which I think is what we see in the um, uh, Gopal Tapani Upanishad. And is also the mantra that was given to Gopakumar. And then we have the uh, 18 syllable uh, Krishna mantra or Gopal mantra. And that is the mantra that our gurus uh, give us on Diksha, at the time of Diksha. We follow the same principle because we belong to the Brahma Sampradaya, directly in the chain from Brahma to Narada, from Narada to Vyas, from Vyas to Madhvamuni, from Madhvamuni to Madhavendrapuri, from Madhavendrapuri to Ishvarapuri, from Ishvarapuri to Lord Chaitanya, and gradually to his divine grace, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, our divine master. Now, this shows up in the ninth chapter because it's in the ninth chapter of the second canto that we see Lord Brahma lost, completely bewildered, surrounded by nothing, sitting on the lotus flower, he hear, and he hears from the Lord an instruction, repeated instruction, tapa, tapa. So he meditates for a very long time, travels down to the lotus stem, finds his source. And eventually here in the ninth chapter, a little bit later in the ninth chapter, we see um, the Lord personally instructed um, in four verses, which um, are considered to be a condensed form of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, we tend to call this the Srimad Bhagavatam in a nutshell form, these four verses, verses 33, 4, 5, and 6 in the ninth chapter. But just before that, um, the Lord uh, personally approaches um, Lord Brahma and shakes his hand, which is just, um, well, I don't know any other way to say it. Any, I can't think of a more eloquent way to say it than that it's just beyond cool. Um, if you can imagine having the Lord and the way he's described, I think, in uh, the um, Gopal Tapani Upanishad, um, and perhaps in the Bhagavatam as well, as he is wearing Gopavesh. So it's not a big Narayan form or vi fancy Vishnu form, but it's actually the Lord dressed as a cowherd boy, and he comes and personally shakes Brahma's hand. And Brahma exclaims that you've shaken my hand just as a friend would. And Srila Prabhupada comments in his purport, I think, to that particular verse, that we can understand from this that Lord Brahma's relationship with Krishna is that of friendship, one of friendship. Um, so this is, this is, I find this particularly um, significant. And then in the Madhya Leela, uh, beginning of the Madhya Leela of uh, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Srila Prabhupada writes in a purport to uh, chapter 4, text 197, out of the four sampradayas, 
the Sri Madhvacharya Sampradaya was accepted by Madhavendra Puri. Thus he took sannyas according to parampara, the disciplic succession. Beginning from Madhvacharya down to the spiritual master of Madhavendra Puri, the Acharya named Lakshmipati, there was no realization of devotional service in conjugal love. Sri Madhavendra Puri introduced the conception of conjugal love for the first time in the Madhvacharya Sampradaya. And this conclusion of the Madhvacharya Sampradaya was revealed by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he toured Southern India and met the Tattvavadis who supposedly belonged to the Madhvacharya Sampradaya. So the Tattvavadis are the kind of OG Madhva Sampradaya followers. And uh, their ideas are a little different, although especially coming through uh, Jiva Goswami and Bhaktivinoda Thakur, we see um, that um, uh, Madhvacharya's um, understanding can be taken as more similar to what we um, get through Lord Chaitanya and the six Goswamis. Um, sometimes you'll see that people write that uh, Madhvacharya considers um, Narayan, uh, Vishnu, the original personality of Godhead and all the uh, uh, different incarnations is sort of an equal level. But also you'll find that he teaches, as we'll see, that Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan. He is the original personality of Godhead. And as we'll see, his personal deity is Gopal Krishna. Um, so Gopal Krishna shows up a couple of places um, in our Sampradaya, just within um, a, a couple of generations, because as we know, uh, Madhavendra Puri also um, um, was also a, uh, he, he also discovered a, a deity of Gopal Krishna, who's now worshipped by um, the uh, Pushtimarg as Sri Nathji in Nathwar. And then um, we see in the first chapter of the, first, of, of the Adi Lila, Srila Prabhupada also writes, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted the chain of disciplic succession from Madhvacharya. But the Vaishnavas in his line do not accept the Tattvavadis who also claim to belong to the Madhva Sampradaya. And, and we see this is a, um, a perspective uh, that becomes a little clear in um, in uh, in Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Jaiva Dharma. Um, he had I don't remember just where it is now, but one of his characters meets some tattvavadis, um, and their um, behavior isn't exactly what we would expect from followers of Madhvacharya, um, as we'll uh, as we'll discuss in a couple of minutes. Um, especially um, in Urupi, there's a very uh, strict uh, code of behavior um, among the, at least the leaders um, of the, the Madhva Sampradaya in Urupi at the, you know, at the uh, eight months that he established there. Um, to distinguish themselves clearly from the Tattvavadi branch of Madhva's descendants, the Vaishnavas of Bengal prefer to call themselves Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Srimad Bhacharya is also known as Gaudapurnananda 
and therefore the name Madhva-Gaudiya Sampradaya is quite suitable for the disciplic succession of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Our spiritual master, Om Vishnupad Srimad Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Goswami Maharaj, accepted initiation in the Madhva-Gaudiya Sampradaya. And then one more quotation, and the location of this one is also, I find, particularly um, significant, as we'll discuss in a minute. In a purport um, to uh, verses 13, 14, 15, and 16 in chapter 6 of the second canto, Srila Prabhupada writes, this philosophical truth of simultaneous oneness and difference was propounded by Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And it is known as Achintya Bheda Bheda Tattva. Brahma, Narada, and all others are simultaneously one with the Lord and different from the Supreme Lord. We are all one with him just as gold ornaments are one in quality with the stock gold. But the individual ornament is never equal in quantity with the stock gold, sometimes compared stock gold, you know, maybe the, the, the storehouse of gold, or perhaps even sometimes the example is used of the gold mine, uh, the original source of the gold. The stock gold is never exhausted, even if there are innumerable ornaments emanating from the stock, because the stock is Purnam, complete. Even if the Purnam is de deducted from the Purnam, still the Purnam remains the same Purnam. And this fact is inconceivable to our imperfect senses. Lord Chaitanya, therefore, defined his theory of philosophy as achintya, inconceivable, and is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita as well as the Bhagavatam. Lord Chaitanya's theory of achintya bheda bheda tattva is the perfect philosophy of the absolute truth. So I'm particularly struck that Srila Prabhupada makes this point in a purport in chapter six of the second canto, because chapter six is called um, Purusha Sukta Confirmed. And what one of the, the, the main lesson, the big takeaway for me anyway, from um, study of the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam is this Achintya Bheda Bheda Tattva. What we see there expressed in different ways throughout the, um, uh, the, the six, chapter of Canto 2 is that everything is Krishna. There really isn't anything but Krishna because all there, all that exists is Krishna and his various energies. So he has various energies, but we learn also from this Canto that these energies, while uh, distinct from the Lord in one sense or another are also identical with him. Um, so, and what, what we, what we, especially this chapter, uh, the chapter that's called Purusha Sukta Confirmed tells us that this same philosophy is taught in the Purusha Sukta in the Rig Veda Sanghita. And the Rig Veda is the oldest of the Vedas. So this is actually not something invented by Lord Chaitanya. And although it was kind of 
uh, pretty much labeled as a Chintya Beta Beta Tattva, branded, I guess you might say nowadays, as a Chintya Beta Beta Tattva by Jiva Goswami, um, it's, it wasn't invented 500 years ago by Lord Chaitanya and his followers. They drew this from um, the teachings of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which comes from the teachings of the Rig Veda, the, from the Purusha Sukta in the Rig Veda. So this is really the essential teaching um, of the Vedic literatures. And um, um, if I have a chance to, to uh, look at um, our Sampradaya over the course of a month, um, sometime later this year, then um, you know, we, can, we can also examine how it is that Jiva Goswami drew this idea of a Chintya Beta Beta Tattva from, um, uh, from Madhvacharya's teachings. So this is a, a quotation that um, I particularly like, um, especially because of its, um, its location. So our um, foundational Acharya is uh, Madhvacharya. Madhvacharya lived from uh, 1238 to 1317 of the Common Era. He was born near Udupi in Karnataka. Uh, Karnataka is um, coastal um, South India. And uh, his, his, his birth name was Vasudev. Uh, this isn't working. Later, he also became known as Purnapragya, as um, Anandatirtha, and then later Madhva. Um, and actually, you find him using all of these later names, either Purnapragya or Anandatirtha um, or Madhva, um, in his philosophical writings. Um, so he, he went by all these names. And we know um, devotees with, you know, with these different names. Um, I have a godbrother named Purnapragya. Um, I have an acquaintance who is a disciple of my godbrother, um, Bhaktivikash Swami. His name was Mahatattva, a middle-aged man now, uh, probably early 40s, from Croatia, I think. Um, who was temple president in San Diego, California for some time. And his, he took sannyas maybe two or three years ago um, from Bhaktivikash Swami. And his name is now Bhakti Ananda Tirtha. And, uh, and then Madhva as well, uh, one of my uh, first Gurukula students um, was named uh, Madhvacharya. So these names are all familiar to us even among our contemporaries. He accepted sannyas at the age of 12 from um, Achyuta Preksha in the Ekadandi tradition. This is a, a, an Advaitin tradition. Um, and, and as we saw before, I think it was Vishnu Swami, um, there develops uh, considerable, or maybe it was Ramanuja now, I think. I can't remember now. One, one of the uh, uh, Acharyas. Um, was actually initiated um, into a, an Advaitin line, and there developed some disagreement between him and his guru. So also, um, Purnapragya, um, after taking sannyas from Achyuta Preksha and studying, 
um, Advaita Vedanta, um, he uh, began to uh, express some disagreements uh, with his guru, and eventually there was a falling out. And one thing that I that I've uh, read in a couple of places uh, that you is that you won't find him mentioning the name of, of Achuta Preksha, um, who's also known as Achuta Pragya, um, anywhere in his writings. Um, so um, you know this is uh, 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 this was an interesting turn that although he was an, an originally initiated as a sannyasi um, um, in, in an Advaitin line um, with as an Ekadanda sannyasi, um, that he actually took a Vaishnava turn of, of uh, mind. And, and his, so his Dvaitavad um, is expressed in iconographically, uh, as we see with him holding his uh, right hand up with two fingers. And um, so he's emphasizing, as we'll, as we'll talk, as we'll uh, discuss in a few minutes, he's emphasizing a distinction uh, between um, the jiva and the original source, the Supreme Lord. Um, so he broke with the Advaitins. He established his school of, of Dvaitavad. Oh, I misspelled that. I have to catch that. And uh, which asserted that um, that God and the jivas are different entities. Now he they, he said uh, substantively they're the same. They're also they're both Brahman. Um, but as, as we saw with Ramanuja, and and I think Vishnu Swami as well, that uh, when you know when they broke with the uh, Advaitins, they established that yes, the jiva and and, and uh, the absolute truth um, are Brahman. But the original source is the complete whole, and the jivas are just um, small parts. They're angshas, um, sparks com uh, compared to the fire. And he established eight mutts in Udupi. And then he also established um, mutts or centers of learning or monasteries. Um, around India, Madhvacharya traveled extensively throughout the Indian subcontinent, going everywhere, including to Buttarik Ashram. Um, at one point, he went to Buttarik Ashram, hoping to get an audience with Srila Vyasadeva, which was granted. And um, he um, received uh, blessings from Vyasadeva. Um, um, for his um, commentary on Bhagavad Gita, I believe it was. And uh, so he traveled all over India, and he did so specifically to refute, especially to refute the Kevala Advaita, uh, the uh, uh, Advaita Vad of the, um, um, uh, of the Shankar Sampradaya. But also, he also wanted to show, uh, he wanted to demonstrate the um, superiority of his presentation of Vaishnava Siddhanta um, over the others. Um, and he particularly, uh, um, he particularly uh, challenged the Sri Sampradaya, uh, the teachers of the Sri Sampradaya, which sort of highlighted 
the prominence that the Sri Sampradaya had gained um, by the time Advacharya was teaching. Um, there was something else and that just escaped me. Hmm. So of these eight mats in Udupi, among these eight, oh, actually, I want to go back to the sannyas business. So their, um, their sannyas tradition in Udupi continues to be Ekadanda sannyas. And um, I, this, I, I hadn't really thought of it until just recently when um, I came across a link to the um, sannyas initiation of a young boy, uh, 14, 15, 16 year old boy who was also being consecrated, I guess, as the next, um, the next Acharya um, of one of the Mats in Udupi. Um, so his training as the next Acharya begin, is beginning now at the age of 15 or 16. And um, th this video was quite long and it's kind of documented every step um, of his sannyas initiation and consecration as the as the uh, um, next mahant or pontiff, I think was the word they used, like the next pope of, of this particular mat. And I don't remember which mat it was. That's, I'm not sure it was the Sri Krishna mat, um, which we'll see in just a minute. So he, he was given an ekadanda and his head was shaved clean and uh, he gave up his sacred thread on accepting sannyas, just as the um, Advaitins do. So, um, so I, anyway, I was quite struck by that because I was thinking, oh, they're, uh, they're Vaishnavas, um, but you know, it looks like they're taking ekadanda sannyas in, in, you know, in pretty much every way, um, you know, except for the tilak and um, and the actual tattva, the actual teachings. Um, so I was quite struck by that. Um, they showed him bathing after being shaved, having his head shaved, and um, and his head was shaved completely clean, and there was no sacred thread. And the danda he was given um, was an um, an ekadanda. So. At first, I found that a little surprising, uh, and then I remembered, and this was confirmed as I um, was working on this for today, um, that um, that uh, Madhvacharya took sannyas uh, took sannyas from Achyuta Preksha uh, uh, in this uh, uh, Ekadanda tradition. So. Um, at one of the Udupi, uh, one of the uh, mats, eight mats established in Udupi, and there I mentioned that that he also uh, established uh, different mats or centers of learning, um, uh, uh, monasteries, um, centers for uh, sannyasis um, around India, and so including the eight in Udupi, there are twenty-four altogether. Uh, 24 mudfam mats. And at uh, 
the I get what what you might call the main mat in Urupi. This is um, uh, Madhvacharya's personal Takraji, his personal deity, and as we see, this is a form of Gopal Krishna, um, and he has a very cool, very hefty uh, cowherd stick, and. Uh, it, uh, this uh, deity is said to have manifested from a huge chunk of Gopi, uh, Gopi Chandan Tilak that, um, that Madhvacharya had been presented. And um, so he's quite a wonderful, uh, quite a wonderful deity, um, perhaps self-manifested, we don't know. Um, but this is actually Madhvacharya's um, own deity. And so therefore, uh, he's Gopal Krishna, but he's also known, known as Urupi Krishna. So he's uh, Madhvacharya's. And we see how his lotus feet are decorated um, so wonderfully with uh, big Tulsi Manjaris. Um, so this is, um, um, I, I just wanted to make sure that I shared this picture. Now, as far as his teachings are concerned, this seems to come especially through Jiva Goswami and Bhaktivinoda Thakur, because this very looks very much like the um, nine nine of the teachings of the um, what we call the Dashamul Tattva, which we could look at when we look at you know if, if I uh, do a month long series on 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 our family, our sampradaya. So um, his teachings can be boiled down to these nine specific instructions that Bhagavan Sri Krishna alone is the absolute truth, one without a second. And I like this. This, for me, one without a second harkens back to, it reminds me of uh, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. And there's a verse in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita that says, Svayam Bhagavan Krishna Ekala Ishwar Advitiya Nandat Maja Rasika Shekhar. Um, Svayam Bhagavan Krishna, that Krishna is the supreme absolute truth. He's the original personality of Godhead himself. Svayam Bhagavan Krishna Ekala Ishwar. He's the uh, singular controller. Uh, 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 he's the boss uh, of everything. Um, and um, this takes takes for myself. This takes me back to my uh, initial introduction to Krishna consciousness uh, when I first visited the first time I visited the Hari Krishna Temple here in Honolulu. This was early 1970. By the time I finally went to the to the temple. I'd met the devotees in May of 69, but um, as I may have mentioned somewhere before, um, after having joined uh, the Navy, the U.S. Navy, uh, I had decided that I never wanted to join anything ever again. So I kind of stayed away from the devotees because I was very drawn to them and to the Sankirtan, especially to the Sankirtan. And um, so I used to go and stand on the other side of the street with from the Sankirtan party and and watch them chant chant along with them 
uh, quite frequently. Um, but I didn't want to get too close. But once um, I found myself confronted face to face with, with one of the devotees quite by surprise one evening, and, and I ended up um, associating with them. The first time I went to the temple, the deity that was being worshipped um, at the Honolulu temple at the time was a deity of Kartamisha. This is Govinda Dasi's personal deity. Um, and it's a picture of Krishna, like a five-year-old boy with his hand on his hip, one hand on his hip and the other hand holding a flute. And Prabhupada said his, he is Kartamisha. That means he's the boss of the household. And when I um, went into the temple and looked at the altar and saw the pujari waving all these different items, uh, worshiping uh, Kartamisha, even though I grew up very deeply Protestant as a, as a boy, um, when I saw the deity of Kartamisha, the first thing I thought was, I didn't think about idol worship. I didn't think that it was strange. I didn't even think that it was exotic. The first thing I thought, the immediate thought that I had was, well, if that is Krishna, I can see why these people worship him because he is really beautiful. So I think, you know, so many of us have indications in our lives that show that we had most likely had some previous association with devotees. And I think this is one of those things for me. One is even before that, when I first encountered the Sankirtan party at a Jimi Hendrix concert in 1969, when I heard devotees chanting Hare Krishna, I thought, oh, I know this. This is familiar. Um, and I couldn't, um, I couldn't leave it all. All the friends that I had gone to this concert with, um, they were content to go do something else. Uh, once we left the concert, the venue, uh, uh, concert venue, the Waikiki Shell, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't leave the Sankirtan party. I had, I was just stuck there chanting with them, and um, and this was probably another indication that there had been some previous association. So. Uh, Shri Krishna, Bhagavan Shri Krishna alone is the supreme absolute truth, one without a second. He's the object of knowledge in all the Vedas. The universe is real. It's real, satya. It's one of Krishna's energies. It's a manifestation of one, is one of Krishna's energies. The differences between Ishvara, God, and the jiva, or soul, and matter are real. So the difference between Ishvara and the jiva is that the jiva is minute. Jiva is also Brahman, but the jiva is anu. Uh, we're tiny, and therefore we're um, prone to being overcome by matter if we find ourselves in contact with matter because we're tiny. Um, we're like sparks of the fire, so it's easy for us to appear to become um, extinguished, to become covered by the material energy. And then, of course, the difference between matter and the Ishvara and the Jiva is that Ishvara and the Jiva are um, alive and matter is jada or inert, uh, dead. The Jiva's souls are by nature the servants of the Supreme Lord Hadi. And that there are two categories of Jivas, liberated and illusioned. 
And this is one of one of the um, areas in which the philosophy taught by, uh, we mentioned this last week uh, with the Sri Sampradaya. This is a big, big difference between the Sri Sampradaya and the Madhva Sampradaya. And where the Gaudias, um, although we identify with the uh, Brahma Sampradaya, the Madhva Sampradaya, um, we um, also, in this aspect, we agree much, uh, much more with the Sri Sampradaya and the other Sampradayas more than the, uh, the, the Brahma Sampradaya. That um, uh, Madhvacharya taught that um, some jivas are eternally conditioned. And by eternally conditioned, it doesn't just mean without beginning, but also without end. And others are liberated um, eternally, without beginning and without end. And so that the condition uh, jivas are uh, condemned. However, he also teaches that liberation, that's the next teaching, means attaining lotus feet of Bhagavan Sri Krishna. In other words, entering to, into an eternal relationship of service with the Supreme Lord. So it's... Um, I find it a little confusing. I haven't quite um, sorted this out. Perhaps uh, Guru Maharaj or Padmanabha Maharaj um, might have a, a better handle on that. And I'll certainly consult them if um, Padmanabha Maharaj asks me to, to do a series on, on, um, on, on the Brahma Sampradaya. Pure devotional service to Krishna is the only way to attain this uh, liberation. And that there are three modes of, of uh, knowing. Uh, pratyaksha, direct perception, anuman, inference or logic, and shabda, spiritual sound or Vedic authority. And um, of course, pratyaksha and anuman um, are uh, particular, they actually be become useful when the conclusions you draw through direct perception or inference um, are confirmed uh, by Shabda, by spiritual sound. And, um, and then um, I kind of came to this modern manifestation and, and this more broadly known manifestation of the Madhva Sampradaya, which is the Gaudiya Sampradaya. And this is something that we'd be able to discuss at greater length um, when, uh, you know, when we have uh, more hours to discuss. And, and that is its expression as the Gaudiya Sampradaya, uh, the Sampradaya coming from Lord Chaitanya. And the connection, the connection between the Madhva Sampradaya and the Gaudiya Sampradaya is a little Fuzzy, I think, is, is a good way to put it. Um, controversial in some quarters. Um, some uh, Madhvas won't accept uh, the Godias as being followers of their Sampradaya because um, our teachings diverge from theirs in a couple of significant ways. Um, however, and, and they even dispute the connection that we assert, which is through... Lakshmi Patitirtha and, um, 
and Madhavendra Puri. Now we we um, accept Madhavendra Puri as a disciple of Lakshmi Patitirtha, but some Gaudias, maybe more narrow-minded Gaudias, and some Madhvas will tell us, listen, we don't have, we don't have a record of Madhavendra Puri. Plus, he has a different name. Um, the uh, Madhvas. Uh, uh, tradition, the, uh, the um, uh, tradition of sannyas names, um, just just as the Gaudiya's um, uh, tradition of, of sannyas, Tridandi sannyas, um, as conceived by Srila Bhakti and instituted instituted by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, that the name kind of has three parts. There's a sort of a title which is bhakti and um, a name which may be, uh, may be seen as identifying um, a character, um, um, a characteristic of, of the sannyasi or a, perhaps an aspirational characteristic of the sannyasi. So for example, um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati's name. Oh, and so you have that bhakti one of that, one of those names, and then one of the 108 sannyas names, which were drawn from, gosh, I can't remember now. I, I read this uh, when I was looking at one of the other Sampradayas in the last month, um, but from some ancient source, um, from which the Advaitins Dashanami tradition comes. There's 10 names that are quite widely regarded as the kind of original uh, ancient sannyas names, names like uh, Giri, Aranya, um, uh, uh, Sagara, Ashrama, um, Swami, I think is one of them, like Srila Prabhupada's. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's name was Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. And Saraswati is the sannyas name. And Bhakti Siddhanta was this, this sort of a title or something, um, um, you know, that's added so that you have some um, difference. And he gave, I think he had a dozen and a half sannyas disciples. So like Srila Sridhar Maharaj's name was Bhakti Rakshaka Sridhar. The so Sridhar is one of those sannyas names. And Bhakti Rakshaka um, he's conceived of as the guardian of devotion, because especially after having written his um, prayers and glorification of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati asserted that um, that the teachings of um, the line of Bhaktivinoda will always be secure um, because of the influence of Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar. So Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, spiritual master, my Guru Maharaj's sannyas name is Bhaktivedanta Swami. And Swami is one of those 10 names out of the 108 names. Um, and he was given the name Bhaktivedanta Swami. Interestingly, after having been given the title of Bhaktivedanta by uh, the devotees, I think in the late 40s, sometime in the 40s, they wanted to give him a name um, uh, marking his um, 
particularly um, incisive understanding um, of Gaudiya Vedanta. So they wanted to give him the name Bhakti Siddhanta, that he understands the conclusion of Bhakti. Um, but some of the God brothers um, objected, saying that, well, it would be inappropriate to give um, the guru's name to, uh, to a disciple. So they consulted, as they usually did in such cases, with um, his divine grace, Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev Goswami. And he said, well, we can call him Bhakti Vedanta. It has the same meaning. And, and it avoids the controversy. So he was named Bhakti Vedanta um, even before Bhakti Pragyan Keshava Maharaj, who gave him sannyas, decided that that was just a really cool name. And he has a tradition of, uh, and, and it continues to this day in the lineage coming from him, of naming his Tridandi sannyasis Bhakti Vedanta and then one of the sannyas names. So Bhaktivedanta, Srila Prabhupada, Abhaicharanaravinda Bhaktivedanta was given the sannyas name of Bhaktivedanta Swami. And, uh, and my sannyas name, uh, uh, the title was more aspirational. Uh, Bhakti Abhaya Ashram. I sometimes half joke that my middle name is fearless and um, Guru Maharaj uh, Tripurari uh, Swami Tripurari uh, uh, explained at my sannyas initiation that this is all the sannyas ashram can be a, a bit of a scary place. And our friend Babru has taken his time coming here, actually um, entering the, the, the sannyas ashram, did it rather cautiously. My wife and I prepared over a number of years. God, it seems like um, eight, nine years. Um, try, getting ourselves ready for uh, for me to accept sannyas. So he gave me the name Bhakti Abhaya Ashram for two reasons. There was kind of a double meaning. One was um, I'm fearless in, in, in the sannyas ashram, um, but also he connected it with Srila Prabhupada because his name was um, Abhay Charanaravinda. So I'm fearless by taking shelter uh, of my own guru's bhakti. And I think there he was referring specifically to Srila Prabhupada's um, affinity for Sakya Rasa. So there's sometimes some controversy over whether Madhavendra Puri was really a, um, a disciple of Lakshmi Pati Tirtha because, first of all, he had a different sannyas name. He wasn't a Tirtha, he was a Puri. And the poor, there weren't Puris. Um, in in, Madhva, in Madhva's line. They were all Tirthas like him, Ananda Tirtha. His name was probably Madhva Ananda Tirtha because their tradition was to give the first part of the name would be Madhva and then the last part would be Tirtha and then there would be the sannyas name in between. We see another tradition even in the Gaudiya Sampradaya coming from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, the lineage coming from uh, Srila Prabhupada's godbrother Bhakti Haridoya Ban Maharaj is that they they um they name them bhakti something or other ban uh, or or van actually it's van uh, forest which is one of the ten original um, sometimes considered original names 
So sometimes th there, there seems to be a kind of tenuous connection between the Gaudiya Sampradaya and the Madhva Sampradaya, but we actually have um, ample evidence to, uh, to support that, um, that connection. So, um, and then, um, especially over the last 150 years or so, um, uh, with uh, uh, connections from, through Jagannath Das Babaji, um, Bhakti Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Gaur Kishore Das Babaji, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and his disciples, um, including um, those who are particularly dear to us, like uh, Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj, um, Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Maharaj, um, and our Srila Prabhupada, and then their followers. Um, so in the case of Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj, his successor, um, uh, uh, Bhakti uh, Bibhuta Bodhayan Maharaj, and, uh, and Srila, Srila, Srila Sridhar Maharaj's successor, Bhakti Sundar Govinda Maharaj, and then um, our Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, and then their followers, their disciples, the disciples of their disciples. So this um, Sampradaya um, lives um, quite vigorously and continues to um, spread uh, throughout the world as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, um, suggested uh, to every town and village. Um, we are at the bottom of the hour and I need to stop now. So um, if there are questions and such, then um, we will have to, to continue those on the Tattva Viveka, um, on the Tattva Viveka page on Facebook um, or in the Sri Chaitanya Sangha page. But um, I need uh, to go now for a couple of reasons. So I thank you all so much for um, um, engaging me like this over the last month. And uh, uh, now I have a month off and we'll have something else going on on Tuesday mornings. Uh, okay, thank you very much. Hare Krishna.